0: Welcome to the Rent-A-Mom podcast, where we kind of let you rent a mom, although she's a very off-brand kind of mom. Sweet, soothing librarian voice is definitely not included. <laughs> Honesty is, though, uh, and a very insist-on-writing-your-own-unique-story kind of vibe. Sometimes I talk with raw candor about what I tell my own children. Sometimes I answer questions others ask me. Sometimes I talk directly to my own children and just let you hear. So whether you want to rent a mom to try on a different one than the one you have, or Or you want to compare notes and hear what mothering could be like in an alternate reality? I think it's high time we start sharing more unfiltered possibilities on what being a mother is. Alright, so I guess this is going to be take two. (laughs) I tried yesterday to sit down and openly talk about the deep petrifying fear that keeps me from actually starting this new podcast and really going for this thing that I think is kind of the most raw and edgy and important and like truth-filled type of contribution or gift I can really share with the world. And it's not even to be teachy. I'm not like gracing them with a gift of like (laughs) telling them how it should go. It's really more like exposing myself um, and sharing the vulnerability stuff and the here's what it's really like for me kind of stuff that to me always inspires and is where people's souls and lives can actually be shifted because they get to see that hard on the line um, bearing of the soul from Another. So anyway, I busted on here, tried to do this thing that a friend had suggested that sounded really awesome, which was just go ahead and preemptively deal with the fears, you know, speak to them, speak to them out loud, say what is the fear. And sometimes, you know, the fears are like so big and muddled in your head that they're actually not as big or not as unmanageable when you actually speak directly to them and you know whatever sometimes they are still just as big but you actually just spoke to them and you know I was like wait why didn't I think of this myself because I do this um, like if I have a bad dream about like some home invasion or something which has happened for sure Um I go out and handle that by practicing shooting my gun um, you know just to sort of answer to or speak to the fear take action on it and metabolize it you know it's not to like stuff it it's to like acknowledge it yeah I feel petrified that was a freaky dream like oh my god I really (laughs) um, you know it's my nightmare to have something like that happen to me or my family or something like that and I I'm going to chew it up and process that fear, swallow that poison and put it through my body, let it metabolize and totally get digested, and then ultimately let it leave my body in this like natural way um, of having like absorbed all the actual nutrients that could come from it. You know, the nutrients that could come from, um, you know, some such dream or a fear are the things like, hey, I guess it'll remind me to get out there and really practice shooting and like make sure I'm good at it. Or it'll, you know, bolster my um, kind of like resolve or will, um, courage, maybe. So she gave me this suggestion, I came on here to try to talk about those fears. And I feel like I wanted to see how it settled. I wanted to see how it metabolized. I wanted to see if it made me feel more ready and less held in the grip of those fears. But actually, (laughs) it it wasn't horrible. It was like a good first step. So here I am for day two, step two. Um, It was a good first step. But what happened is I heard how Frady Cat, I really was. It was like I... Started to say, okay, these are the things that I'm afraid of. And it wasn't hard for me to say or name the things that I was afraid of. I'm afraid of people thinking that I'm some sort of uh, horrible mother and they're going to like come beat my door down and take my children from me because they think it's so horribly offensive or uncomfortable or abusive or whatever that I'm saying these things that are totally outside of their norm. And aren't things that they understand or, you know, whatever that I'll just be turned upon. In fact, at the end, you know, as I rambled on, I did start to really touch in on like, oh, it's that, isn't it? It's like my family and my little bubble that I have here with my children and my role as a mother and like the gift of just getting to be in a little intimate family pod. Like we've created this level of intimacy that is my deep, um, God, like treasure in life. It's a pride, um, you know, and I don't mean pride, hopefully, in the like egocentric way. I mean it like, oh my gosh, it is a wonder in my life. It is the thing um, that's kind of like my biggest blessing or success. And I can't even find the right word because it was the cup that I didn't have full. It was the area that I was really starving in as a kid and nobody got it. Nobody knew how to, you know, do this thing or be this thing that and it was like, nobody got the intimacy and the closeness and the honesty and the truth and the really, you know, saying things deeply from our hearts and exposing, um, ourselves anew each day, this barrier soul right in front of you. Nobody understood that type of family that I wanted. Nobody understood, nobody that I had met, um, understood that. And certainly nobody understood that as a guiding force for motherhood. You know, most people would define motherhood differently than just you know having the gosh honor of bearing your soul to these little souls that have just come in and they're going to be in and around your sphere all day and not just it is an honor but it's also your duty you know this is what you've been asked as hard as it is As it is, bear your soul again and again and even deeper and anew. And, you know, as a form of not only creating closeness with them, showing them what love and closeness and intimacy is like, but also to show them and guide them as to what humanity is like. What is being a human like? What can they expect? It teaches them to be skillful in life and then it also touches their soul they get to have the experience of look i just ripped out my bare naked soul that's nothing but electrical charge And you've got to be feeling that electricity. And it's only souls that can touch souls, you know? So if I'm going to touch their soul and let them feel that amazing feeling, we talk about it in my family all the time. My son had to realize at a certain point, it was a very interesting day when, you know, he was thinking like, oh my God, tears are coming out of my eyes. I'm crying, mom. I must not like it. I don't like that then. I must not like it. It makes me cry. And I was like, oh, no, sweetheart, like, it doesn't mean that you don't like something if you don't, if you cry. Um, It could mean that you love it. It, it. Your spirit is getting touched. Sometimes it might mean that it's like touched in a way that's like, oh, no boundary. You know, I don't like it or, you know, for sure. But it doesn't mean I don't like it or we should stay away because you feel an overwhelming sensation an overwhelming sensation in your heart can be good, bad. It's always good, really, even when it's bad, uh, because it means you're alive, you know, and um, an overwhelming feeling doesn't mean run. It doesn't mean overload, like hang out, see what you can feel with it. Like it's, and so now he calls it like your spirit's being touched. It's like, oh, you know, it like gives you the shivers. Your spirit is this like really amazing electric and infinite thing and when it gets touched like whoo you know you're gonna feel that and it'll bring tears to your eyes and it does feel sort of uncomfortable and overwhelming um but what a joy in life this is some, some of the best stuff life has to offer and for him to be able to see it like that at the beginning you know um like that I don't know that that encourages me that it's also like beautiful how well he understands it. It was like, "Oh. Oh yeah. You know?" And I was like, "Oh, yes, that." Um, so yeah. It's like if I'm going to give them that beautiful experience of having their soul touched, which is the stuff of life, the only way I can do it is by bearing mine and pulling it out so that theirs can be touched so it's a gift all the way around in my opinion but it isn't exactly how people define motherhood or their job as a mother and it isn't exactly what people think of with family it just isn't exactly what people think of as a treasure in life they think of it as like oh that's the hard stuff Ooh, that's the grueling stuff oh that's the stuff you don't want to have to do like what really i mean so what i basically realized was that okay so my bubble that I've created with them, this like intimacy bubble, let's call it this family zone, this place of honesty, this safety at the infinite level, you know, because it crosses all barriers of time and space. I mean, it is about physical safety and it's about emotional safety and it's just all of the safeties, um, spiritual, soul level, I, you know, whatever other distinguishing words you put in there. Um, I think of it as my treasure, my ultimate, it is the thing that is the greatest treasure that I have ever known, um, and could even imagine, you know, even if I'm creating something in my mind's eye, wow, it's it. And so it's hard for me to share this treasure let everyone look at it and look at it hard and like be really honest about it and tell them just how great this treasure is because it might get folks to the place where like, are you going to steal it? (laughs) You know, like, I I don't know. I'm like, uh, if I share my treasure, will it be stolen? Will someone grab it? Will someone not understand? Will someone think it's too bright? Will someone think it's dangerous? Will someone think, you know, that um, it makes them feel uncomfortable or they're envious or they're angry because they don't understand treasures like that or they don't think that should be, uh, you know, a thing or a treasure or, you know, just all of the things that there's basic human fears based on this very limited fear-based sort of view of life. But yeah, it hits me. I mean, it's my greatest treasure. And so the biggest fear is if I start sharing about it and really raw sharing about it, is it going to be stolen? Is it going to be snatched up? Are they all going to turn on me with their torches and their pitchforks and come running? Um, You know, especially because losing my treasure isn't worth that. This peace and this wonder and this, you know, this place of, you know, I mean, I say it's utopia because I'm talking about how much I love it, not because it's not like grueling and we're not screaming at each other some days because we're definitely screaming at each other. (laughs) I mean, definitely. And it's hard and horrible and boring and numbing sometimes, you know, to be day in, day out around them, like all those things too right? But because it's just so complete with all the things, like, ultimately, it really is the greatest treasure. And so, yeah, just disrupting that amazing nirvana. I mean, I said utopia. It's way better than utopia. It's nirvana. Um, Isn't worth it to me. However, it's a tough line, you know? It's like, oh, but... It is the most valuable thing that I could truly share with anyone or offer anyone. (laughs) Uh, So if I am to feel the satisfaction of contributing, if I am to feel that amazing satisfaction of giving, this would have to be it. It's like letting someone take a look at this amazing treasure I have. And the thing is, they might not even like the look of it. (laughs) They might not like the way it looks. They might not care. It might not be treasure at all to them. And that's okay. It's just about possibilities. It's a possibility. I want to share this possibility that has come into existence that we've created and crafted these multiplicity of possibilities that get chosen upon each day. These new possibilities that me and my little family bubble reach out and grab um, or, you know, extend and start growing into. It's like we try all these different new possibilities and I mean, almost like experiments, but I want to share our realm of possibilities and our things that we try with you or with the world because it just gives you more possibilities in your mind. It doesn't necessarily mean you ever have to like them or pick them, but isn't it fun and entertaining even? I mean, what are we even doing here as multiple beings if we're not sharing our possibilities? I mean, that's why we love stories is because all they are is possibilities. I mean, some of them are great stories that we really do identify with and we actually want those possibilities. Others are totally not. We would never want that life or that story to be our possibilities. But it's so deeply nourishing and satisfying to still watch them. We love it to still see them play out before us because it's possibilities. And it does still inform us. I mean, honestly, even if it informs us of what we don't want, it's still just like, oh, wow, thank you, input. Um, So anyway, I'm leaving this whole... uh, yeah, I, I was doing this whole recording of the fears. I'm addressing the fears yesterday and I'm going through all the stuff and um, saying, you know, that the ultimate fear is the being turned upon and uh, having this treasure stolen. But even in doing so, there were things that I mentioned um, examples that I mentioned, one of which was, um, you know, if I want to tell my son that his penis is a magic wand or that our sexual organs are magical wands, or like if I mean, and we say this jokingly, we say this sweetly and jokingly, um, and seriously, you know, but like if there is a magic on this planet, if we could be. Magicians and sorcerers, and all the things that we love to watch fantasy tales about. If we did have magic, it would be housed there, you know? Um, and the story I was even telling was about like my teenage daughter, where it's like, yeah, I would encourage her to like get to know her uterus and her vagina and like masturbate away. And like, in fact, you know, uh make sure you check out this spot and this spot. And I don't mean that I'm giving her manual instructions on how to masturbate. I mean I'm giving her instructions on like which parts of her body to be sure to know. You know, like if you feel your cervix Here's what to try. Make sure that if something is hurting, like just go a little indirect, then. If it's hurting when you touch it directly, like, you know, things like that, that are actually very helpful and that are the kind of education and rawness that I believe you should be able to talk about in a family. And, you know, it's not to be, but it is the worry, right? It's the worry, it's the concern, it's the fear that. People will think it's nasty or abusive or, you know, sort of unhealthy or something. It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like, with a level head and with an understanding of where children's actual limits are, yes, I want them to know that if magic exists, it exists in their freaking uterus in that cervix the portal that life comes through the place where you like create another life inside of there and like that orgasms come from you know isn't that a magical kind of feeling and you know i want my son even to understand yeah your penis is magic wand you know use it wisely like treat it with the reverence you would a magic wand understand that you can do real magic with it i mean with another being And in creating another being, it's not just for procreation, even though that is one beautiful act that a magic wand can do, but like, you know, the connection and the stuff that is possible with another being, magic is possible with this thing. Use it like that, you know, uh, use it with that in mind. And so I made the statement about, you know, having the magic dick or the, the magic wand dick or whatever. And, um, you know, I explained it just like I explained it now but there was just a little too much of the explaining you know it was like "Ooh, amy why can't you just say it like so what the people who are like yeah tell your son his dick is a magic wand that would be great for all of us in this world if like men knew that their dick was a magic wand and they like treated it with that kind of reverence and respect and like honor and like self-love you know um People that would hear me say that would like, you know, the the, the people that I want, you know, to sort of gather together are those people anyway, you know? And if somebody is like, oh my God, you know, what preposterous horror, you just said someone's dick is a magic wand to a child, to a seven-year-old, like, oh my God, Uh, you know, and if that is some horror show abuse structure uh, if that's going to be taken in a sick way, cool. You know, see ya. (laughs) Like we're not, we're not, um, a match. It's okay. You know, I should have, I want to have the fear out of me enough to where I don't need to further explain just here it is because I'm I'm not going to be able to keep going down those kind of insecure, rambling, over-explanatory tunnels every time when I really get into this, because when I really get into this podcast, it's supposed to just be the raw stuff. It's just supposed to be like, yeah, yesterday when I told him his dick was a magic wand, here's what we talked about. You know, here's how it went. Here's how he understood it. Listen to what he said. Wasn't it hilarious? Like, you know, and he really got it. And, or he asked me this crazy question back that really stumped me, um, or he raised a really good point. Like, oh, I didn't think of it like that. I mean, that's what I want to sit and be able to feel flesh out on the table or I want to be able to speak into the recording as though I'm talking directly to my kids I might even have them in the room with me sometimes and just be like hey guys you know I mean and have a talk like we do sometimes especially when we're like laying in bed and we just sit and talk and um it's just how it goes like you know, fireside chat, (laughs) but it's not fireside. It's just laying in the darkness, chat, Uh, laying in the darkness in your bed, chat. And, you know, that's, um, that's something I would love to be able to share that candidness and that rawness. And I can't start doing that sort of explaining and backpedaling. And I did, I did a little bit yesterday, a little more than I would have liked, um, where it's like, oh, I kind of explained it. Oh, I had to talk about whether I knew that children had limits as um, in their sexual understanding. I had to give like excuses that I wasn't really overloading a kid with too much sexual information. Um, Ew, you know, like I just, I've got to get, and so we're gonna keep going. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, take two, day two. um, I'm gonna keep going until I can flush that out and be okay to say it without that impulsive need to kind of make it smaller too because that was the other part where I was like and it's it's true I obviously picked dick as a magic wand because it is something that might turn heads you know there are much easier sort of topics that I talk about with my kids every day that still indicate a a level of honesty um that I wonder if other families have you know Um, but it is kind of a showstopper, you know, it's like, yeah, Dick is a magic wand. Um, so I did bring it up because of that, but I also, you know, in my message or thing yesterday, um, said, you know, went into that kind of made it smaller a little bit, backed off of it, swept it under the rug a little by saying like, oh yeah, and of course, you know. It's not really that big of a deal or that big of a thing because, like, I just picked one that would be extra potent uh, to mention as an example. And that is true, but it's also not necessary for me to have to say that or to backpedal. Or maybe it is. It is absolutely necessary for me in these early stages to go for that and to do that and to get that out of my system. But eventually, or at least I noticed, like, ooh, yikes, (laughs) there I am making it smaller. There I am backpedaling and explaining. Look at how scaredy cat I am. Listen to me ramble. Listen to me dart here, there, and everywhere. Like there is discomfort in me and fear in me as I'm even talking now about like in nervousness, you know, nervousness. Um, where I say these things that I'm scared people will think are too edgy. Yet the people that I find the most inspiration in that I love and am so thankful for their boldness, you know, are the very people that say absolutely, <laughs> um, gosh, what was the word that I used? Edgy. Yeah. Edgy shit. I mean, edgy. Now, people that are like just trying to be edgy, there's like an inauthenticity that I can just like smell bullshit from a mile away in that way. But I'm talking about the people that do just like say the edgy shit and like make a bold statement. Even if I disagree completely, I bow to their sort of vulnerability, their bravery, you know, that honesty, like, Oh, yes, like, I love that you share your edgy shit. And um, so, you know, here I am still so deeply nervous about saying something edgy. Yet it's that very thing that very moment that hooks me in and endears me to a person when they say something edgy uh, no matter what it is on, you know, whether I told you, it could be something that I'm like, Ooh, yikes. I don't know. That's not me. I've never felt that. You know, like it doesn't, I just still totally drawn in, hooked, um, in a place of respect. I trust them more. I am endeared to someone that says those things because like, how else are we going to know, what other humans are experiencing how much or how else are we going to know the possibilities if we don't hear people saying their edgy shit even if it's like whoa you know <laughs> whatever um you like doing that you know like i've never even thought of that kind of stuff like um cool maybe now you try it or no maybe like it's not your jam at all but isn't it so sweet and endearing to just like there's a sweetness to it to hear what they like, what works for them, their edgy shit. Um, so, you know, all right, <laughs> take two. You know, I, I did a little too much explaining, did a little too much rambling. And yeah, I just was like, I got to go back at it and say what I'm afraid of, say what I want to share and you know, give an example that's as edgy as telling my seven-year-old that his dick is a magic wand and he needs to learn how to use it, you know, um, do real magic with it. Um, and you know, leave it at that. No further explanation needed, uh, no worries about who might take that in the craziest way possible. Like, cool. It's up to you how you take it. Um, if you're actually interested in feeling how I mean it, that'll be a different thing. Right. And, um, that'll be more about listening rather than taking it, um, a certain way. So anyway, day two, second effort. We'll see how it settles tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.